Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Tuesday Tips brought to you by Hunt, Lift, Eat. Uh, I'm Carter McKenzie here with your boys, Luke Cox and Perry. What's going on, guys? Eisner. (laughs) I guess it's always just fuck Perry, so sorry. Yeah, Perry and Eisner, my bad. Hashtag fuck Perry, right? (laughs) There's no way you could have even told me what my last name was, I bet, up until five seconds ago. Perry.D.Eisner, man. I'm all about it. No, it's Perry.D.Cox. It's Perry.R.Eisner. Find him on that Instagram. Oh, shit. That's funny. Who wants to take this one off? First tip. Perry, you open us up. Cool. Yeah, I'll get us rolling. So my tip this week is something that is going to be a little bit of a uh, a precursor to a future conversation that you guys are going to hear with um, with the same with the same crew here. Carter and I have some plans to go down to his property down there in Georgia and and do some um, some management, try to implement some food plots, as well as a couple of other strategies on his place down there. And so my tip for this week is along those lines, and it's something that we discuss um, on, a, on a future episode coming up. The tip is, even if you have a small property, this is something that can be applied to property management, regardless of the size of your property. And it can be done at any level of expertise when it comes to um, habitat improvement, managing for whitetails, managing for, for, uh, for Turkey, whatever your, whatever your goal is. The tip is identify what is missing in the landscape and give, give the wildlife, give your property every chance to provide the best the best opportunity for what is missing. So let me expand on that. What I what I mean is look around at your neighbors, look around at all the adjoining properties. And it doesn't necessarily mean just your immediate neighbors, but you know, look a mile down the road. Is there a thousand acres of woodlands that adjoin you? Are you surrounded by agriculture? Um, do you have uh, you know, are you in a suburban area where where it's, there's a, a ton of, you know, fragmentation from roadways, et cetera? Figure out what um, what the missing element is. Is it bedding? Is it cover? Is it food? Is it water? If you identify what the the deer or the wildlife in your in your neighborhood are missing, and you can enact that on your property, regardless of how small it is, even if you're only dealing with a few acres, you can really create an opportunity and a draw on your property that'll be something that that those critters don't have. So um, the reality is. You know, like for instance, in in the area where our family farm is, there's a ton of uh, a ton of agriculture around us. Most of that agriculture is just pasture lands, and then you also have some pretty, um, you know, some pretty large forested timbered areas as well. Water is everywhere, so water is almost never a limited resource up in the mountains. So what we found for us is one, making sure you have that primo cover, the really thick stuff. Not not talking about the big open woodlands, but that thick, um, good, nasty, you know, bedding cover that those those bucks prefer. And then two, having that year round desirable food source that's something different than just, you know, the the standard hay fields or or cornfields or whatever that your neighbors have. Um and, and so that's what I mean. Uh it, it's something that anybody can do. All you have to do is just take a little bit of time scouting on Onyx or whatever tool you use, figure out um, you know, the landscape around you. Do some do some analysis of your own property. Um, be honest with yourself. What's it missing? What's the the area around it missing? Focus on that, and you're going to create something that's a draw. 
Yeah, that's really good. I like that one. Um, mine kind of ties into that, Perry, thinking big picture and then, you know, big picture from a land point of view and then tying that into the actual deer itself. So uh, I guess my tip this week has to do with kind of summer scouting and leading into everybody's got archery seasons knocking on the door um, and then rifle will be here before we know it. So from a summer scouting point of view, what we're doing around here is this is the perfect opportunity to uh, pattern um, your deer and really take an inventory uh, of the deer on your properties that you have um, right now, right now, right now, all those bucks are in bachelor groups. They're all squatted up. Everybody's all buddies. Um, and it's really easy, well, far easier to get a, get a picture of what you're actually working with from a rack point of view, as these guys are hanging out, moving together before they separate and go their separate ways before, uh, as, as the testosterone starts, uh, you know, uh, increasing as we get closer to October. So, uh, patterning those deer right now, really, really important. Um, one way I know, uh, Luke and Perry, you guys have had success doing it, um, is, uh, throwing a camera on a mineral block, right? Um, I know Luke has shared his, uh, mineral recipe in the past. Um, so that's one really good way to, to gauge what's going on. But right now is the time to get out, especially morning and evenings. Um, it's really hot during the day. Um, deer are not, really nocturnal yet that hunting pressure isn't necessarily there so you can see bucks in fields like i go out and watch them in the evening right now and you can see uh, there's two 10 pointers three eight pointers and a six it's like the most magical thing you can see and it's only at this time of year and it's almost heartbreaking because it's fleeting and it disappears in october and you're gonna wonder with, with the bow in your hand why those deer aren't still coming through so now's the time to pattern and kind of gauge the genetics uh, size composition of what you got going on on your properties and really have realistic expectations um, of what kind of deer you can expect to see. And that doesn't mean all these deer are going to stay around on your properties. A lot of them are going to shoot different directions, may go a couple miles away um, and, and end up in their their forever homes for the season. Um, but this is a, a really good way to do that. And another way um, you can kind of find these deer is to think about what they need right now. And that's food, right? So they're growing these antlers right now. And it's really, really, it's costly to grow antlers. Like it's like almost illogical for these animals to grow antlers. Um, the, the cost benefit analysis is, is staggering. So it takes so much energy to grow these antlers um, when they're in velvet right now. So deer are going to be on food uh, like 24 seven, right? If they're not uh, drinking water, they're eating. And if they're not doing either of those things, they're laying down somewhere cool where there's a breeze right now in Georgia where it's 10 million degrees. Um, so eliminating those areas, right? Get on your Onyx, eliminate those areas as you're looking through where to scout. Um, and you can pattern these deer uh, a lot easier and, and really gauge them. So, you know, uh, grab your pair of binos, drive around in the truck, pull up to fields, field edges. Um, I go sit in my blind back here. You can watch them like that. Um, you know, if there's soybean field planted across the field, you know, that's where I would look, right? Find the food, find where these guys are building their energy to grow their antlers, gauge what's kind of going on before they, uh, before they disappear and break your heart on you. And then you can at least have an idea of what's going on. It's really good if you're hunting a new area too, um, especially where you haven't been before. You can kind of gauge the age class and, and what to expect um, when you come back and do hunt that area. Yeah, I like that, especially that that last thing you said about judging the age class is is a really a good little trick that you can do this time of year because, like you said, they are bachelored up, they are buddied up right now, and you know, as we all know, it can sometimes be difficult to age deer, um, 
on the hoof from a distance. It's also incredibly difficult to do that during the summertime. But now when they're, and when these bachelor groups, if you're staring at, you know, a handful of bucks, a lot of times you'll be able to notice, okay, wow, this one has significantly more, you know, body size than the others. He's, he's clearly in a different age class. Um, that's a, that's definitely something that's useful. You've been doing a lot of, uh, scouting, haven't you, Perry, this, this summer, sitting out and glassing with, uh, with the boy. Yeah, I have, man. And it's, and the other thing is like, it's just fun. <laughs> you know, you get out there, it's, it's the evening time, it's warm. Um, the sun's setting, you know, I've got, we've talked about it. I've got a five-year-old son and like, he's getting all into, you know, watching deer now. So we've sat out, you know, a few times when we've been up in the mountains at the family farm there and it's just a good time. I mean, hell, I think we saw, I mean, I lost track of how many deer we saw the other night when we were up there. I mean, it was, it was 12 or 15 deer. And so, you know, it's just one of those things. It's fun. It's a good way to kill a couple of hours in the evening. And then, like you said, Carter, you start building that inventory. You, you get these patterns, you, you notice the, the food that they're on their what their preferences are. And you use that to start to your build your initial um, early season strategy. Yes, yeah, that's really good shit. So uh, we'll go ahead and roll into mine. And, and just like Perry's, mine's going to be touched on on a podcast you're going to hear uh, probably this coming Thursday, I think. A lot of math. We're doing these very far in advance at this point. Uh, a lot of people want to travel and they go out west uh, for these hunts, um, What what no matter what it is, right? Elk, antelope, mule deer, and... A lot of people always kind of think about, oh, we're just going to tent camp uh, or we're going to like spike camp and do like this big, crazy backcountry hunt. Well, the reality of the situation is a lot of times you actually need to set up a base camp. Uh, and so you could get a tent, fly with a tent and all that. But what uh, Carter and I have realized of late is that it's actually extremely cost effective and very, very effective from a shelter standpoint to utilize U-Hauls. Um, and so this year we're going to snag a 26-foot U-Haul truck and put i think we're gonna cram like seven dudes in that motherfucker and uh and use that for our our sleeping arrangements because last year uh a tent blew down in our camp uh i had a tent my tent was a little heavier duty but one of my poles snapped like the wind in wyoming is no fucking joke and uh i brought earplugs put them in slept like a baby uh carter and spencer did not and I think they were uh, kept up by the the whipping of the the tent, and it, it definitely is brutal, and it, it can drive you insane sitting in there listening to, to heavy winds, and it's winds that like you really don't appreciate living in the east. It's just a different level of fucking wind, and so having something with some structure that you can actually close the door, sit in, and it, it's pretty effective. So that's what we're gonna do this year. We're gonna utilize a U-Haul. It's seven dudes are gonna be over sleeping this thing for a week for like two hundred bucks very very cheap and cost effective so uh, you can utilize the trailers as well i mean a camper obviously would be nicer more amenities but we, you know we can, we can sh- shit against the fence we just need a place to really get us in after out of the wind i, I can shit against the fence carter's kind of got a phobia of it only because you harassed me into doing it at 5 a.m when it was 12 degrees with 80 mile an hour wind had a straight up not a good time doing that we wake up and Carter's like, all right, I got to run down to the rest stop, which is like two miles down the road. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he's like, I got to shit. It's like, quit being a pussy and go shit against the fence like I just did. Like, what are you talking about? Do you drive two miles to go take a shit? 
I don't want to exaggerate, but I'm pretty sure before my shit hit the ground, it was already two miles down the road because the wind is so blowing so hard. It was already in Casey, right? <laughs> it's a nice little breeze. It kind of airs things out for you. It's not a breeze. But going back to the U-Haul, I don't want to exaggerate and say this is the best Tuesday tip that you guys are ever going to get. But, I mean, this is pretty primo right here. I mean, get up out of the wind. It's a freaking U-Haul. There's U-Hauls everywhere. This is America. Run a U-Haul, sleep in a U-Haul. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Like, it's not understated at all. I'm already, like, planning it out in my head, like, how we're going to set this up. Like, it's going to be cool. We're going to have we're gonna have a slick setup. Another card table in there. I'm going to be taking all y'all's money and some poker. Like, it's going to be good. So simple, yet so, so effective, so brilliant. That's awesome. Kind of like Hunt, Lift, Eat. Yeah, there you go. There's your metaphor for the day. But yeah, I think this wraps us up uh, for this week's Tuesday tip. Uh, as always, we appreciate the hell out of all you guys. Thank you so much.